You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Tributes today for Arizona Senator John McCain. Flags at half-staff at the White House and throughout Arizona, where Senator McCain died Saturday at age 81. With McCain's passing, Jeff Flake now becomes a senior senator from Arizona. Jimmy Jenkins reports from member station KJZZ in Phoenix on how Senator Flake is remembering McCain. In his first year in the House of Representatives, Jeff Flake took a lot of heat from constituents over his opposition to earmark spending. On a flight home to Arizona, Senator John McCain came down the aisle to tell him a message he would never forget. Don't back down. He said, uh, you're in the right. They'll come around. Years later, Flake would join McCain in the upper chamber where he jokingly embraced his unofficial title. Well, I was simply known as the other senator from Arizona, (laughs) which anybody who serves with John McCain is the other senator. Flake grew to appreciate his role working with McCain in Washington, saying it was like having a big brother that no one wanted to mess with. For NPR News, I'm Jimmy Jenkins in Phoenix. Pope Francis set to wrap up his trip to Ireland with an open-air mass in Dublin as he prepares. A former Vatican official is accusing him of knowing of allegations of sex abuse by a U.S. cardinal long before accepting his resignation last month. NPR Sylvia Pedroli reports the retired official is calling on the Pope to resign. Former Vatican ambassador to the U.S., Archbishop Cardo Maria Viganò, provided his scathing 11-page letter to conservative Catholic media outlets during the Pope's visit to Ireland. 
Vigano claims he told Francis in 2013 that Cardinal Theodore McCarrick had been widely accused of regularly inviting seminarians into his bed. McCarrick resigned as cardinal after U.S. church officials found credible claims he had sexually abused a minor. And Vigano rails at length against what he calls homosexual networks present in the church. Vigano belongs to a conservative faction that blames clerical sex abuse on the presence of homosexuals in the church and believes Francis is too lenient with gays. Silvio Poggioli, NPR News, Rome. Emerson Maranagua has been sworn in as Zimbabwe's president. The BBC's Mary Harper reports on today's ceremony. Tens of thousands of Mr. Manangagwa's supporters have packed the national stadium, dressed in bright ZANU-PF party colors. A number of African presidents are there, including Cyril Ramaphosa of South Africa and the Democratic Republic of Congo's Joseph Kabila. But the opposition movement for democratic change is not in attendance. Its leader, Nelson Chamisa, says he is Zimbabwe's rightful leader, despite losing a court case disputing the election results. Mr. Manangagwa faces massive challenges, not least an economy destroyed by years of mismanagement by his predecessor, Robert Mugabe. And you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. We're getting nothing done, my friends. We're getting nothing done. We're scared. Um, We're scared of an Obama presidency, and I'll I'll tell you why. (laughs) I'm concerned about, um, you know, someone that, you know, cohorts with uh, domestic terrorists such as heirs. I have to tell you, he is a decent person and a person that you do not have to be scared as president of the United States. Now, I, I just... I just, now, now look, I, I, I got to ask you a question. I do not uh, believe in, I can't trust Obama. I, I have read about him, and he's not, he's not, he's a, um, he's an Arab. He is not. No, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. He's a, he's a, he's a decent family man, citizen that I just happen to have disagreements with on, on fundamental issues, and that's what this campaign is all about. He's not. Thank you. Thank you. Joe Biden himself is here. All right. This is the hard part. Bear with me, okay? I couldn't get through your book. I tried. Your son, Bo, had the same cancer that my father was diagnosed with six months ago. And I'm sorry. But there's a lot of hope there. I think about Bo almost every day. And I was told, sorry, that this doesn't get easier. But that you cultivate the tools to work with this and live with this. I know you and your family have been through tragedy that I couldn't conceive of. Well, look, what look, would look, you look, tell look, people? Look, look, it's not about me. It's about everyone. No, it is about everyone. But look, um, one of the things that gave Bo Curry's my word was John. Mm-hmm. Your dad, you may remember when you were a little kid, your dad took care of my Bo. Your dad, when he was a mill aide, worked with me, became friends with Bo. 
And Bo talked about your dad's courage, not about illness, but about his courage. And look, you know, I guess it's just something like high crimes and all. I don't, I don't know how you can impeach somebody who's done a great job. I'll tell you what, if I ever got impeached, I think the market would crash. I think everybody would be very poor because without this thinking, uh, you would see, you would see numbers that you wouldn't believe in reverse. Paris Denard is a Donald Trump supporter. Um, he's been on TV literally over a hundred times. And um, uh, guess what? It's shocking. Turns out he thinks Donald Trump is right every time. Uh, and I got no use for him. I got no love for him. Who is he? Just uh, if you don't know him, and, and there's no reason why you would have known him before this, but he's actually been around in Republican politics a long time. And it's actually kind of a sad story about how uh, Republicans find some minorities and basically pay them their whole lives to tell us how bad other minorities are. So uh, he actually gave a speech at the RNC when he was a teenager. And Dick Cheney was in the audience, applauded, hey, way to go. And so what did he do? Uh, he eventually started working for the Bush White House. Here's, look, here's a black Republican who thinks Republicans are awesome. Come on, blacks, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, okay, that's fine. And uh, then he went on to support Donald Trump enthusiastically during the campaign, all over television, etc. And one of the things that, of course, uh, he uh, defended Donald Trump on was his record on rolling back race admission policies. So you don't want to send a white guy out there to say how bad affirmative action is. So you send Paris Denard out. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wall Show. Here is your host, Jay Ryle, along with Miss Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, Mr. L.E.S., and the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D. Good morning to you folks. Today is August 26, 20, 2018, and you're in tune to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Uh, online radio and its best. Of course, I'm Jay Rowell. Thank you so much for joining the show on such a somber Sunday morning. But as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to my colleagues. First up, the lady who just has the very best. And I do mean this, the very best radio voice in the world. I can listen to Kathleen. I know Kathleen, when she does the next book, she does an audio version, so I can just listen to the smooth tones and vibes of this woman. She's an author. She's a lawyer. She's a minister. She is just everything wound up into one package. Let me say good morning to my dear friend and sister, Miss Kathleen Williams. Good morning. How are you, Kathleen? I'm doing great this morning, Jay. How are you doing? Thank you so much for that beautiful intro. No, thank you for your beautiful voice and your friendship. You're just, uh, you're all in one. I don't know. Hey, listen, guys, I think she's single. You may want to try to check in with the show. Miss Kathleen, that's a catch. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'm sorry. Don't get on me for saying that, but I just think that you're a wonderful person. We'll talk later. Thank you so much for being. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. And the man that gets the first and last word here on the serious side, my right-hand man, my brother, just uh, this guy, I love him to death. He's really the reason why we do what we do. The one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, sir. And how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Silver. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, friend. How are you? Miss you. I'm good. I am good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when they talk frat talk, I feel like I'm not a part of this whole thing, but that's okay. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, thank you so much for being here. Of course, uh, our resident texter, Johnny D, is in the house. We'll be hearing from him momentarily. Our dear friend and colleague, uh, Mr. Jerome Esprit, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we kind of hold it down. The number is 347-850-1272. You can call in 347-850-1272. You can hang out in the chat room. Mr. Elias is here. That means it's open. You can go and be there, be a part of the world-famous chat. If not, you can just hang out on social media, sites that we usually monitor throughout the course of the show. And if you want to be heard, put comments in the chat. Call in or just put them out there because I'm monitoring a few sites as the show progresses. And, of course, at, during the chatterbox section of the show, we will, you know, read the comments that make the cut. And hopefully our director of social media, uh, so, of our social media outreach program, Miss Jackie, will be in the house. Also, want to say thank you to the people who reached out to me personally and, uh, you know, wished us a uh, happy nine years on the air. We didn't, you know, people chastised me, Miss Elias. And really got on me because they were saying, you know, you should have did a big ramp up, you know, what happened. But, you know, you know what's going on. And so, you know, I just have to apologize and say, you know, maybe next year, it'll be 10 years, hopefully. Uh, and maybe we can do something wonderful. Maybe we all can meet in, in, uh, at, a, you know, maybe Vegas with our girl Vanessa, whatever, just to celebrate 10 years of, of just talking to the public. We have talked to tens of thousands of folks throughout the years and, uh you know, we appreciate you listening to us, and we appreciate you for allowing us to have a voice to be able to reach out to you and let you know our views. And, hey, maybe they are important to you because you do tune in. If not on Sunday mornings, you definitely listen throughout the week because the numbers are fascinating. When I Every every time I report in and start putting production information in, I look at the numbers from the week previous, and, man, they're just off the chain. So we appreciate you listening, whether you're listening today or you're listening tomorrow or whenever. Thank you so much. All right, we have a big show uh, this morning. Uh, obviously, uh, we're going to talk about Senator John McCain doing his first set. We're going to also talk about Donald Trump. Are the walls finally starting to close in on this guy? We'll have that conversation sec- second set. And third set, we're going to talk about you know the black Republican again, but we're going to focus on one black Republican that was suspended by CNN and what role he played in the strategic way that the GOP goes about and find these I'm not going to call them tokens, but Mr. Elias probably would. Uh, find these people. Coons. Okay, Coons. there you go. That's even a better word. Thank you, Mr. Elias, on a Sunday morning. Those people that uh, that are out there, and they seem to be against everything that African Americans stand for. And so we're going to have that conversation third set, 347-850-1272. One last time to get that number in before we start talking. All right, listen, last night, uh, Senator John Sidney McCain passed away at the age of 81. He died of terminal brain cancer. Um, the respect for this man I have for him is enormous. I may not, I disagree with him on 95% of his policies. I shouldn't say that because he does try to do things from a bipartisan standpoint. So let me say I disagree with 90% of his policies <laughs> and the way he does business. But as far as what he represents as an American hero, as a uh, as a former as a veteran, I should say I'm not a former veteran. As a veteran, what he endured during Vietnam, I don't think any man could do. Any person would do. The fact that he was shot down, pulled out of a he was unconscious. He almost drowned. Pulled out of the river, beaten, stabbed, kicked, 
by Vietnamese people who an angry mob who pulled him out the lake and beat him down, took him. He was in solitary confinement for two years. Once they found out that he was the uh, the son of an admiral that was heading a force uh, worldwide, all of a sudden they wanted to let him go. He says, "Nope, I'm not leaving. Uh, I'm going to stay here with my fellow compatriots." And so, we, compatriots. And so, when you think about what this guy has endured. And the fact that Donald Trump says I don't have respect for him, I don't, you know, people who I only respect people who didn't get caught. The littleness of this man in the White House. We'll talk about that next set, but I want to take some time, Mr. Elias, just to reflect on the life of Senator John McCain. Uh, your thoughts, Mr. Elias, on this great American hero? Well, you know what? He is a great American hero. I I, I can't take that away from him. I don't know, you know, if I'd have stayed in solitary confinement for two years or, you know. When they were, they were talking about releasing me, if I'd have stayed there, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it just shows the type of character this man had. And then when, you know, when they, i, I never forget when they were talking about uh, President Barack Obama, uh, when he was, uh, you know, the guy, the woman got up and said, well, he's a Muslim and he's this and he's that. And he said, no, he is. He just has, he has different views than I do. You know, it took, it took, it took something, to, it took moxie him to stand up and say that in a rally where as Donald Trump would have said, yep, you're right, he's a Muslim. So, you know, you got to have something to stand up for. But my, my only, my, my, my one biggest thing is that he brought, he brought this, um, this type of uh, environment to the GOP. Because if you think about it, he brought Sarah Palin there. And this was the start, you know, this is one of the starts, uh, start of it. Sarah Palin was just one of those people. But in fairness, he he did say, well, in fairness, in his book, he did say that he regretted that mistake. He was listening to AIDS. They were in a desperate situation in that campaign. They saw that they were losing big, and so they wanted to find a way to, you know, get him in the mix. And one of the things they said, well, listen, since he didn't pick, he as in President Obama didn't pick Hillary as a running mate, maybe what we can do is get a female in here. Uh, and maybe pick up those votes. So he, re- but he said he regretted that mistake. So I, you know, I'm not. Yeah, gonna, that was a big you're right. Mistake. He unintentionally. I think he unintentionally brought her in the mix because I don't think she was vetted properly. I, I'll, I'll give you no. that. And they, you know, but it's a mistake, and he's repeated it. And that's why I think it's odd we haven't heard from Sarah Palin. At least I haven't seen anything from her at this point. Um, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, Kathleen. You know, they dedicated a bill in the name of uh, John McCain. Mm-hmm. And so the president was in Annapolis. You know, he was supposed to present this bill and sign this bill. And not once did that childish little man say the senator's name. And according to reports, uh, his aides are saying that the president refuses to say the man's name until his death. So now he sent out this BS. Uh, Tweet, we, you know, oh, you know, our sympathies, you know, you know, for your family. And then when the real president showed up and wrote a very lengthy, compassionate, and thoughtful response, I've been watching uh, um, coverage of this ever since it happened. And it's ironic, Kathleen, that uh, when they talk about, they said, okay, we're starting to get, uh, you know, um, um, uh, statements from world leaders. The first one they always play is President Obama. He's not even the president. They play his before they play Donald Trump's, or they read his comments before they read Donald Trump's. So, that being said, give me some thoughts on uh, Senator McCain, and uh, you know, what do you think about this whole thing? Huh. Well, 
I am. Uh, I definitely want to send thoughts, um, not thoughts, uh, send prayers and blessings to uh, the McCain family. Um, and I certainly um, am inspired by all that he accomplished as a soldier, as a war hero. I certainly think that the country should be um, celebrating him and his life because of what all that he did in honor of his country and the, the men and women that were fighting alongside him. I think he was certainly a, um, you know, a man of, of tremendous courage. And his story yeah. is an inspiration for our soldiers, you know, our military uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think his send-off should be, I, I know it will be, and should be impeccable. Um, yeah. I also, just like uh, uh, my grandfather, I also honor uh, and was and very, uh, very much appreciated the words that he said during his campaign to members, to, uh, members of his audience probably white nationalist members of his audience who wanted to, and they were, they may have been plants as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so I, I really don't go too too far on that because I, I, to celebrate him for what he said because I, I'm never sure that those things are not plants um, to to create that. It's, you know, um, but I, I appreciated what he said at the, at the time that he said it. And and that's pretty much all I have to say about that because it was the right thing to say and the right thing to do. But what I always and, and you know and, and I don't really I have nothing negative to say about him. I just think that when as a people and as critical thinkers, we always have to you know look beyond what's presented in front of us because how could it be with Hundreds of people in the room that those folks got the mic. I'm just saying. I don't know. Um, how is it that they just happened to get the mic so, to ask the questions that they asked? You know, and, and where was he? And did he not know that something like that was possible? Usually, people don't just get to ask their questions of a presidential candidate on television like that. Usually, those things are vetted in advance. So, but anyway, so I, I just, you know, I don't say that to discredit uh, uh, Senator McCain. I say that to encourage us to never, never, never take our thinking caps off. That I just bring that up because yeah. we were talking about it. You know, but. Um, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with that assessment. Yeah, well, I do. I'm sorry? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I say I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, you know, I agree with. Your overall, uh, the overall sentiment of, of your comments. I mean, it, in both of those situations, they weren't really televised events. It was something that, uh, that uh, once you know it became known, then they actually played that. I think that he's genuine as far as the way he feels uh, about President Obama. Matter of fact, if you look at what's going on here, um, if you're following the events um, as far as 
that you know as as we commem- as we commemorate his life uh there's going to be a service in uh Arizona and Joe Biden will be the first national um um figure that will approach the mic and say things about him so he wanted Joe Biden to be in Arizona uh once he makes it to Washington DC um you know President Obama he wants President Obama and President Bush to, to deliver the eulogies I thought that was interesting Mr. Elias because you know he's very good friends with with Lindsey Graham and I'm pretty sure Lindsey will say something yeah. and Joe Lieberman but, but he wants President well, Obama to deliver the eulogy um and, and so because uh-huh. he's, wor- he's worthy of presidential honor, oh. and there is currently no president. Yeah. So what do you you go back to well, the, the previous ones, and he goes back to you know President George Bush and President Obama. They were friends, you know. It, it wasn't like well, yeah, they it, had, it, yeah, you know, yeah, you're right had, about that. They had different, just like um, just like he said about President Obama. I just happen to degree, disagree. I'm, I'm on the opposite side, and he's on the opposite side. And that's okay. I mean, you know, normal people. I think the thing that happens to us is that right now as a country, that we are so impressed yeah. by normal people because we have this renegade <laughs> in the White House. And we haven't like, had it. You know, <laughs> yeah. complete idiot. That we're, you know, we're just looking for, you know, a, a normal hamburger somewhere. This is, <laughs> that's why I said he's a, he's a normal... An <laughs> upstanding politician with integrity, and everybody's so shocked. I'm like, well, that's what they're supposed to be. You know, that's what they're supposed right. to be, and that's what he was. So I honor him for sure because of his his. You know, he's so outstanding with regard to his experience as a soldier. You know, and as a a hero and a war hero. That is really, you know, what we we have to honor him for. And the fact that he yeah. stood with integrity and did not flip-flop too much on where he stood with regards to his opposition to this man in the White House. You know what I mean? So he was the one person that actually continued. We saw some of these other senators stand up early on and say, okay, this is whack. But as soon as you start, they start finding that, oh, wait, he's got something on me or he'll get something on me, then they flip. And John McCain was, uh, you know, for the most part, um, yeah. he was not that. And he was, he was friends with the Obamas, he was friends with the Bidens. You heard Joe talk about him and what he did for both, you know, and, and so absolutely. But we can't just start saying that everybody else is so over the top because we're comparing them to, to, to this guy that's in the office now. Let's just honor them yeah. who they are and not, like, add that guy. He's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that, and and the fact that you know, Mr. Elias, when you like I said before, the fact that he wanted President Obama to deliver the eulogy, uh, the, you know, one of the things he said uh, earlier uh, last year, he said that, uh, you know, Pres, he said that uh, President Obama's foreign policy is much, much, much better. He said we were in better shape with President Obama on the foreign policy front than the current occupant in the White House. A lot of people were uh, upset at him because he actually endorsed President Trump because that was the leader of his party. But then he pulled that endorsement once the Access Hollywood uh, tapes appeared. It just seems to me, Mr. Elias, this is a situation uh, of a person. And, And listen, even President Obama said this. It is good to have two political parties because you need to have balance. Not one party is always right. And so, you know, he just seems to be a man who had courage, a man who was um, 
had integrity. And we just, you know, listen, that's the greatness of America, man. Everyone doesn't agree on everything. Sometimes we have to agree to disagree. So, But he just seems to be a man of, of great intelligence and great integrity, Mr. Elias. Well, I have to agree with you on that, Jay, because, I mean, you're never going to agree with everybody on everything, man. That's what makes us right. different. But the bottom line right. is, you know, <laughs> the bottom line is, dude, these Republicans don't speak out for nothing. Lindsey Graham has turned his back on everything. I'd be surprised if they asked Lindsey Graham to speak. I really would, because he has turned his back on everything that these two stood for and, and, and while they were in office. So... I would be I would be surprised if they asked him to speak, because right now he's 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 turned his back on everybody that he's known, and it, it would shock me. It would really shock me if they asked yeah. him. Yeah, our resident Johnny Dees checked in. He says during Senator McCain's first term as a senator in Arizona, I had the opportunity to be in the presence of John McCain as he toured Arizona State University where I was employed as a campus police officer. He appeared to be a genuine man who by this time had mastered the role of being a politician. Although his voting record on civil rights issues are deplorable, he attempted to atone for them during the later stages of his life. He served with dignity in the military and his political highlight and his political highlight to me was the support on live television he gave to the American people by acknowledging who President Obama really is, a good family man. We need to keep his family in prayer and acknowledge his change in political views. And lastly, the thumbs down to the Trump health care bill. Yeah, that was a dramatic moment, man, when he walked in there and he put his hand out and everybody froze and he hands down. And you heard an audible gasp. In the chamber, you heard some Democrats applauding. Uh, what was priceless was uh, Mitch McConnell just standing there looking like, wow, you know, uh, what just happened. Uh, but the fact that, um, you know, that he is, uh, that he was dear friends and, and most of the people that, are, that will be speaking at his um, uh, events will be uh, Democrats just goes to show you. And I agree with Johnny D, the fact that maybe he tried to atone for a lot of this later in his life. You know, we all make mistakes, and at some point in time we have to say, look, i got to try to change my mind and do what's in the, you know, and do what's for the greater good. So I, I think we really and truly have to consider ourselves lucky that this man served in the U.S. Air Force, that, you know, he's going to be buried, Mr. Elias. He wants to be buried with his compadres, people that he was, uh, his uh, his fellow military brethren. He wants to be buried next to one of his dear friends, a guy who was actually in captivity with him. Says a lot about the man. Says a, a lot about him, man. You know, right? Says a lot about. Like him. I said, we all we all make mistakes, man. We all do, and we have, we have to atone for our mistakes. You know, in life. Yeah, that's all. That's all you can say. Yeah, that's all you can say. Well said. And I know that uh, uh, one of the things he talked about here, you know, later on when he was doing interviews, because I knew, you know, the thing about it is, think about it. You know, none of us wants to die of uh, of some type of uh, terminal uh, disease or, you know, in that situation. But if you knew what your expiration date was, you have the ability to then do what? He planned everything that's going on right now. Everything that's happening with him, it was planned. So, I mean, in a way, I guess, you know, he was lucky to know, hey, look, I went out, I'm going out the way I want to go out. I know exactly who I want to speak at my event. I do not want President Trump there. He slammed the president as late as last week on policies. Uh, 
So, you know, the bottom line is is that this man, you know, he's a great American hero. I don't agree with his politics, but that's okay. I still think that America is a better place if this man served this country for, you know, 60-plus years, not only in the military but as a U.S., um, gov- as a U.S. Gov- as a U.S. senator, so it's a it's a beautiful thing, which leads us as a beautiful segue into this week's edition of Informative and Less. Obviously, it's dedicated to the senator from Arizona, Senator John McCain. We'll talk on the other side. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ralph Show. We're getting nothing done, my friends. We're getting nothing done. It was a few days before the historic Obamacare repeal vote and Republicans desperately needed John McCain. It was a dramatic and consequential return for John McCain to the Senate floor. What a dramatic morning this is turning out to be, with John McCain making that surprise return to Washington. And McCain's vote is going to give leadership a lot more breathing room. But the maverick of the Senate had just been diagnosed with terminal brain cancer, and he was playing hard to get. We've been spinning our wheels on too many important issues because we keep trying to find a way to win without help from across the aisle. But would he vote with his party, or would he defect? I will not vote for this bill as it is today. This was the kind of moment that John McCain lives for. He is going to be the deciding vote, and he's got control of a major piece of legislation in his hand. Senator John McCain, really historic moment, trying to set a new tone when it comes to fixing our health care system. When you go against the grain in Washington, you get a lot of attention. Shutting down the government injured the people of my state. Why? Why would we want to do that? John McCain had a big ego, and he liked the attention. But also, I do think that the maverick aspect to McCain was real. He saw a lot of the things that went on in Washington as, you know, semi-idiotic or corrupt. I think the Congress of the United States, both Republicans and Democrats, should be ashamed of themselves. These may be worthy projects. They may be. Generally, they aren't. How many more lawmakers, staffers, government officials, and contractors have to go to jail before we actually fix this process? He liked challenging authority. And maybe part of that is just growing up in, a, in the military family and having all that military experience where you're subject to so much authority. I have trouble with this. More than two-syllable words. In the political phase of his life, he was willing to step up, take a chance, and shake up the system. Eleven million people live in the shadows, and they live here in de facto amnesty, and by God, they are being exploited every single day. Of course, he switched back and forth when it suited his politics. We will secure the borders first when I am president of the United States. I am proud that Republicans are the party of lower taxes. I cannot in good conscience vote in favor of tax cuts. There's been so many John McCains over the years. He came to Congress as this exalted war hero who'd already had a national reputation because of his time as a POW in Vietnam. Gentlemen. Senator John McCain, the Republican, and Senator Barack Obama... In 2008, this was really John McCain's last opportunity. He took the nomination, but he was really in trouble from the start. Obama, the celebrity candidate. The economic collapse. The fundamentals of our economy are strong. Picking Sarah Palin as his running mate. 
people really question John McCain's judgment on that? Even at the end, McCain was still fighting the leaders of his party. Yesterday, I received a call from President Putin of Russia. Being cozy with the Russians, pulling back in Asia. To John McCain, this was anathema. He wouldn't mention Trump by name, but he would talk about failures of American foreign policy and the conduct. To refuse the obligations of international leadership for the sake of some half-baked, spurious nationalism cooked up by people who would rather find scapegoats than solve problems. This was amped up more after the diagnosis of brain cancer. I think that was also part of his vote on the health care repeal. At the climactic moment, he walked out onto the floor, turned thumbs down, and killed the repeal effort. It was one of his last big acts as a U.S. senator. Breaking news in the 11th hour. The resistance to President Trump had its biggest victory yet. This is a major defeat. You could look at this one moment like a Renaissance painting. It was unbelievable. McCain wasn't going to go quietly. You know, I guess it's just something like high crimes and all. I don't, I don't know how you can impeach somebody who's done a great job. I'll tell you what, if I ever got impeached, I think the market would crash. I think everybody would be very poor because without this thinking, uh, you would see, you would see numbers that you wouldn't believe in reverse. <laughs> wow. Welcome back in 347 You're listening to the serious side wow. of the J-Row Show. That happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network. What a crazed man. All right. We have the man, the myth, the legend in the house. And I apologies, folks. It was my fault why you did not hear from this man because I didn't recognize the number. But the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit, is in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning, people. Well, you so you heard Agent Orange uh, talk about how he is God, and if he's gone, we are all going to smithereens because he and he only, the only <laughs> person that can, uh, like you mentioned during this campaign, he's the only one that can fix it. So if he's gone, guess what? The world is going to go to him. Uh, hand in the hell basket is just a few short seconds after his impeachment. It's ridiculous. So let's bring in Jerome here. I wanted to, Jerome, I don't know if you wanted to say anything about Senator John McCain. If not, let's just get right to this guy and his nonsense. The fact that this, um, this, everything that's been happening for the past two weeks for uh, President Trump is not looking good. I mean, a lot of people that used to serve with him, they're starting to say, <laughs> Uh, impeachment is on its way. So now that his followers are even saying, well, this is not looking good, do you think he is hearing that TikTok that we play at the beginning of in four minutes or less every every Sunday? He's starting to hear that clock tick down, thinking, uh-oh, the end is near. What say you? You know, I think that he is uh, he's going to panic, and he's going to set everything on fire. 
Like that's what's gonna happen. They they still really don't want to impeach him because they're waiting for the they're waiting for the election, right? So they're waiting for the the midterms. And what's gonna happen is that if the Republicans don't crash and burn, and I mean lose the Senate, they are not going to impeach him in the Senate. But he's gonna crash and burn because they're gonna bring charges against his kids at some point. New York State is going to do that. Let, so, let's focus gonna, there for a second, Drew, because you, let, let me let me ask you a question here, and this is something that I've been thinking about that's been heavy on my heart here. What if, what if the, um, what if the Democrats do not win the Senate? I mean, win the the House because they're not projected to win the Senate. It's just the, they're saying that the uh, they're, task they're, they're the going to win the Senate. Yeah, you mean they're going to win the House? No, I I I know what I'm saying, Jake. They don't win the Senate. <laughs> really? <laughs> I like when Jake corrects me. Go, wait a minute, this is unbelievable. You what? You're you're saying something else. I know. I I got oh, yeah, it down Billy <laughs> Charles Barkley says, "I believe it." Don't put that word in my mouth. All right, so uh, okay, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna talk about that one because I'm glad you said that. Because so if well, okay, if they win both, we know what's going to happen. But you said something that I thought was interesting. You said he's gonna burn the house down. Do you think that this guy is in a situation right now? Because while a lot of his age is saying he is pacing, that he is starting to feel the pressure, and some folks are saying that. They think he is going to resign before it gets too bad, but he knows if he resigns, and this is what it, this is the reason why I think this is a contradiction, Jerome. If he resigns, then that's going to open him up for all types of charges. So the only thing that's probably saving him from being charged right now is the fact that he's the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So you really truly think right. this guy is going to go berserk and just say, you know what, I'm tearing up everything, you know, I'm yeah. – it, it, What's the end? What's the end story of this, man? <laughs> He's gonna fire everybody in that piece before he resigns. Believe me, Sessions to be gone, Rosenstein. Like he, he's gonna fire FBI Director Ray. Like he's gonna fire everybody because he can't stop those charges that are coming towards him in New York. So he's gonna try to stop Mueller, which is still not gonna stop the charges. And then they're just gonna, they're just gonna have some kind of panic. You know, on the on the um, on the um, congressional side, because it's their responsibility to restrain him. And and when I say that he's going to lose the Senate, what they're not taking into account when you keep hearing these nuts talk about, well, he's not projected to lose the Senate. This is pro- primarily because we're talking about Senate races in states that are Republican controlled. But you have yeah. to remember that. But you have to remember how you vote for the Senate. They're statewide races. And so in the independents, he's losing them by the droves and white women. He's losing them. So although they're normally controlled by Republicans, that says nothing about if they're going to carry, like Texas. Everybody keeps saying, you know, it's looking like it's going to be purple or whatever. Ted Cruz may not win in Texas. He's in trouble. So. So depending on how voter turned out on the Republican side, knowing the independents are getting away from them and white females are getting away from them, they can lose all over the place. These are statewide races. These are not congressional districts. They have a better chance of keeping a good 
portion of people in congressional districts. But you can't gerrymander um, state races, not statewide races. It's just pure popular vote. So, it, it, and they're hmm. projecting this based upon what Hillary did and all this other nonsense. But, you know, their analysis has to do with their... Um, I, I'm, the only way I can say this is it's kind of how European culture goes. Like, they only know what it is that they have projected upon you, right? So what my friends are saying is what needs to be true. So they're all barking the same exact thing. But they can't see they can't see the stuff coming a mile away. They really cannot see it. No matter how many special elections we have, no matter how many primaries, they really don't believe that they're going to get beat. They're like, if they take it, our projection is between this and that. The climate is really bad because those guys in Congress who are protecting Trump, when everybody is seeing that they're lying, their cover is, well, his base is strong, but his base is 26% of the overall electorate. So he can have 95% of 26%, and he's going to lose bad. Uh, the math is really yeah. simple. Oh, well, you know, listen, I, I, I listen, man, I, I hear you. I, I mean, listen, I'm uh, I'm ecstatic. The fact that you, you're projecting that uh, the Democrats will win both the House and the Senate, that's a beautiful thing because I know impeachment will start then. But but let me ask you a question, Kathleen. Um, if this guy fires Robert Mueller before the midterms and Republicans don't do a dang go thing. They're not going to do anything. What, what what does that do as far as what type of stain and what type of long-term damage will this have in American politics? If this guy deliberately fires the special counsel. Um, what kind of stain will it have on American politics greater than the stain yeah, I mean, we're what, looking at right now? Yeah, because people always talks about people always talk about excuse me the fact that you know we are in a constitutional crisis with you know President Trump in the White House. So what do you think if the, if this guy does something as blatant as fire Mueller? Because we know if he fires Mueller, we know what's going on. For, you know what I don't understand, Kathleen, is the fact that this guy continues. To say, oh, this is a witch hunt, nothing happened, 1 o'clock in the morning, this is a witch hunt, nothing going on, this needs to end. I mean, he is like, a, he's, it's like he's guilty. Well, he is guilty. But the fact that he yeah. won't shut up, to me, he's making it obvious. So what do you think, okay. if, if, if he fires a special counsel, what do you think would happen? Well, okay, I might have more faith in the special counsel than I should, but this is what I think. I believe okay. that many of the, um, much of the special counsel's evaluation, assessment, and charges against both the, uh, I don't even know what to call him, that guy, and his <laughs> That's good. and the people who were involved in, the people who were involved with him in this collusion, and yes, I did not say alleged collusion, I said collusion and um, financial crime, many of those cases that maybe have uh, were originally brought by the special counsel have now been sent out to 
uh, various other justice departments, yeah? And so, and some of them with um, attorney generals in specific states, um, New York State specifically. So Barbara Underwood, the current attorney general in the state of New York, has an action that she's handling right now against that foundation, that guy's foundation, and his family, his children. And I think that guy, Alan uh, Weinstein, I don't remember, but, uh, somebody correct me if you know his, his last name. Um, but so that is going to go forward, right? And that's a criminal case. That's going to go forward. Then there are some, several other actions against the people around him that were uh, sent out to other camps that will continue to go forward. So, in other words, if the blatant action of trying to uh, dismiss the special counsel takes place, then many of those other things are not going to stop while the backlash for releasing the special counsel happens because there will be tremendous backlash. So I think that what he's trying to do is feel everybody out via these, tweet, these mm-hmm. tweets and so forth, and we've begun to see like a Lindsey Graham and several others who are joining him and saying, well, we think this has gone too far. We think Jeff Sessions has gone too far. Um, his time is up and all these. They're kind of laying the foundation for it to see, well, what will happen in my district if I go along with him on this? And I still, I still believe that they're just like the um, Putin, just like Putin and his camp, who has something on that guy, I believe that many of them were inadvertently brought in, right? We're looking at the mob in the White House. So how do they do this? They give you a little taste of something, and you get a little more taste, and then basically now they're holding it against you. Oh, you, oh, did you think that this was just, you know, gratitude? No. You owe me X, Y, Z. And I think that's what's happening. So we'll be able to get enough people to have uproars. We saw riots before. We'll see riots again. We'll see marches and all kinds of things. And I hope that the Democratic Party would get a backbone and not only stand up, but scream out against all this crap that's happening. I hear one voice, Maxine Waters. I yes. don't hear Pelosi. Yes. I don't hear um, this guy, this knucklehead in New York. Um, Schumer. Chuck, Chuck. I don't hear Chuck. And I barely get to hear that woman that they've been shutting down, the one that was speaking out so much in the play. I See, I don't hear her enough. I don't even remember her name right now. You all help me. You know what I'm talking about. Short hair, glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're, so one we're, we're to get they call her Pocahontas. Um, he called <laughs> her Pocahontas. Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Yep. Thank you. Tried to get. Isn't that a shame that we don't yes. remember her name? Okay. So that she tried to prevent um, <laughs> Sessions from being appointed, and they shut her down when she tried to read Coretta Scott King's letter. Uh, letting us know who Sessions is. And the other thing that he's doing, and then I'll stop, the other thing that he's doing is setting up the distraction, as we know, because while he's doing all this stuff and everybody's like, oh, look over here, look over here, look over here, this idiot. Now, last, what is it, last week that um, his other le- token who's left in the house, Carson, just revoked or the protections uh, for African Americans and people of color in housing 
He just revoked that. And nobody talks about it at all. So he's doing his dirt. Sessions is doing his dirt rapidly, doing his good dirt against civil rights, but everybody's over here looking at this clown. So he is working on behalf of white supremacists rapidly and, like you said, trying to undo everything that President Obama does before he's thrown out. Yeah. Let's uh, let's bring in our colleague, our sister, Vanessa May Belly from the McAnally. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, everybody. Good to hear you. Good morning, Vanessa. Okay. Good to hear yours as I well. Hey, Vanessa. I have. Good morning, Liz. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Kathleen. So Liz and I were online, always blowing up Trump, but Liz is really out there, y'all, with some of his posts. It is hilarious. But, Jay, in Houston, they have Beto signs everywhere, everywhere, because they're trying to turn Texas. And if you stop and you think and you remember when Trump talks about who's his mama, daddy, his wife, I mean, he talked about that family like a dog. And then Cruz gets up in his face, go have dinner with him, Concurrent, you know, just talking about different things with him. And I, do you know how much respect he has lost with some people because he bowed down to Trump? So a lot of people are just still kind of annoyed with him for kissing up to Trump after they didn't talk about your daddy and your wife and everybody. Because if you talk about my family like that, all money ain't good money, and I'd have to bypass it with Trump. I just wouldn't be able to do I couldn't put party over family when you talk about my daddy and my wife and stuff. And so I believe that you and I, who are here in Texas and got a little voice, if we do see some posts for Beto, if we could just reshare it, the youngsters that might go in might not know about Cruz or anything that he has done. But sometimes the name just in people's head and they'll go in and vote for them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if I see something that say Beto, Bobby says, well, I'm going to investigate him. I ain't investigate Beto. Whoever he is, he can't be worse than Cruz. Because Cruz is what well, lay down for the party. And I can't, I can't have somebody in there that's going to work for the party and not for the people. I also, and then I'm getting ready for church, I also believe that Trump is going to resign or consider resigning only because they're not going to be able to get him because he's in office, but they can get his children. And that oldest son is tied into so much mess that it's not even funny. Thus far, the only person that's not in trouble is the daughter. Because both the sons are in trouble, and the son-in-law well, is actually, she is too. in China and everything else. So he in trouble, too. So well, what she is, too. She is, she is too. Yeah, all of them. She's she on the board of that. What is she doing? Yeah, she's on the board. Yes, she's on the board. Yeah, all of them are in trouble. Yeah. 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 But, but they can't get him. They can't get him because he's in office. But Jerome, let me tell you something. That man is after something, and when the when the CFO told step down, said I'm gonna make a deal. That man was Trump's daddy's man. That man right. was where all the skeletons are buried. So he yeah. had to have made some kind of a deal, something worthwhile, in order for him to take immunity. So 
It's Mueller ain't letting nothing slip. Whoever his team is, they awesome. Because they not telling nothing. Yeah, they cold-blooded. Yeah, let me tell you a little Let me let me tell you a little secret about people with power. They do not like to go to jail. I don't care how gangster they think they are, they do not like to go to jail. That old man ain't going to jail for Trump. Like I don't care I don't care if they pardon him or not, he's at least gonna stay in there a couple of months before they pardon him. He ain't doing no time. Like he's like, Nope. Ain't gonna happen. Nope. Nope. Full immunity. And the man who, the inquiry man, who got all the stuff in the safe, ooh, wait till the hoes come out on Trump with what he got. <laughs> I can't oh wait for it either. I cannot I mean, oh wait God. for it. I would love to know what's in that man's safe on Trump and his wife, who openly does not sleep in the same room with him, who openly does not hold his hand, who openly wears a cheap jacket that probably costs $10 and says, I don't care, do you? I know she's trying to poison him slowly. Okay? Look, hey, <laughs> I, am, I, am no, I am no fan of either one of them, but I can guarantee you, if Trump goes to jail, Melania, she is not visiting. <laughs> like, that's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah, that's funny minute. you say that's wrong. It, it, it reminds me of that Saturday night, uh, Saturday night Live clip where uh, you, you saw that clip, right, where uh, uh, the guy who plays uh, Michael Conan was making these phone calls. <laughs> and the one with Melania calling in saying, hey, I have a question for you, Michael. <laughs> if, uh, if, am I required to testify? Is, is a friend retired to, 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 is required to uh, testify? And he said, no. Uh-huh. Well, could she if she wanted to? <laughs> It's right. A, it's a crazy she situation, gonna, my friend. She gonna throw him in jail and act like she don't know him. <laughs> what, what the, what the bad part of it is is, is that the fact that all these all these people that are still backing him, man. I mean, you got facts that are coming mm-hmm. out, and these people still say, "We stand with you, Mr. President." Man, look, dude. <laughs> And he, what gets me is when I when I talk to people at work and they say, man, it's nothing but a witch hunt. That's all it is. I said, well, all these people that are standing by him and his cabinet and everything else, going to jail. And then they, then one guy said, well, none of the convictions are, are helping. I'll, and then he says, well, you don't understand what a conviction is. I'm thinking to myself, okay, everybody had plea deals, no convictions, except for Paul Manafort. And when he turns coat, we'll see what happens. Yeah, he's he's holding strong, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens about. And because there was only one woman that held out from him getting eighteen convictions, one woman. And interesting, it's interesting you bring that up too, Mister Elliott. We 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 definitely got to move on because we're behind time. But right, that that one person, uh, the person that they, the one juror that's being interviewed, uh, you know, she's she's straight up Trump. You know, she believes that it's still a, a witch hunt, but she did say, but based on the evidence. That guy was guilty, and so this one person uh, held out throughout the whole process. Interesting, great topic. Uh, boy, I tell you what, we're running out of time. we got to move on. All right, listen, I want to read something real quick from my resident texter. He says, the Democratic Party's lack of a viable, a viable candidates will allow Trump to make his term. Let's hope that that, that, that that doesn't come true. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about black Republicans. We're going to focus on one, and I'll bring this guy's name up at the time. You listen to the serious side. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere.
It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
Denard is a Donald Trump supporter. Um, he's been on TV literally over a hundred times. And um, uh, guess what? It's shocking. It turns out he thinks Donald Trump is right every time. Uh, and I got no use for him. I got no love for him. Who is he? Just uh, if you don't know him, and, and there's no reason why you would have known him before this, but he's actually been around in Republican politics a long time. And it's actually kind of a sad story about how uh, Republicans find some minorities and basically pay them their whole lives to tell us how bad other minorities are. So uh, he actually gave a speech at the RNC when he was a teenager. Dick Cheney was in the audience, applauded, hey, way to go. And so what did he do? Uh, He eventually started working for the Bush White House. Here's, look, here's a black Republican who thinks Republicans are awesome. Come on, blacks, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, okay, that's fine. And uh, then he went on to support Donald Trump enthusiastically during the campaign, all over television, etc. And one of the things that, of course, uh, he uh, defended Donald Trump on was his record on rolling back race admission policies. So... You don't want to send a white guy out there to say how bad affirmative action is, so you send Paris Denard out there. Welcome back here, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You're listening to the serious well, side of the Jay Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning. Which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best to say good morning to our crew. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great this morning. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. To the smartest man in the world. Hey, yes, ma'am. To the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome. Is free. What's going on, Jerome? How are you? Hey, I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing outstanding. The man that gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L.E.S. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Good morning, all my colleagues. Hello, you professional. Let's say, can we say hello to some people in the chat room, Mr. L.E.S., if you don't mind? No, I don't. We have St. Clinton in there, and we have a host of guests in there with us, Jay. Good morning, good morning. Glad that you're in the house. Let me say hello to some folks out there in social media land. The pastor's in the house. Good morning. Of course, our colleague, uh, he's not in social media. He's part of the show. Uh, Johnny D is in the house. Good morning to you, sir. I love you so much. Uh, Mike's in the house. Madeline, Mariana Music, Jerome's girlfriend, is here. Uh, let's see here. Hey, we there. have Sarah... <laughs> you know, say how do you do, Jerome? Go ahead and say how do you boo. <laughs> oh, Fergie's in the house, Rico, Mike, Kevin. Listen to Jerome. Get your Mac out, dude. Uh, let's see. Another Mike, Andrew. A lot of people is that are in the house listening to the show. Thank you so much for being here. And, of course, Vanessa Mae Belly is she heard from her last set. She's here. Good morning to Vanessa. And our uh, director of social media is in the house, Jack A. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning. How, I, how is everybody doing today? Good, good. Doing well, doing well, doing well. So I know you have some information for us. What do you have for us, Miss Social Media Queen? Uh, If you uh, want to keep up with the TJRS Radio Network, definitely follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All three pages have the same ending handle. Facebook.com slash groups, Twitter.com, excuse me, Instagram.com slash TJRS 
Radio. Whatever you want to keep up, whether it's serious side, you want to check out some throwback Wednesday, Saturday shows, or just anything to just keep up with the network, you can follow us there. Or if you need to email us about anything, email us seriousside at outlook.com. Once again, seriousside at outlook.com. Keep up with us. All right, keep up with it, as, as, as you're right. And a lot of people, thank you so much for reading some of the comments from people um, wishing us well for our nine years, and I'm reading these. I'll read some of them during Chatterbox, so we appreciate you hanging out. Third and final set is Among Us, and so we're going to talk about black Republicans, but it looks like our uh, uh, contributor to the show, Miss uh, the Dr. Princess Audi, is in the house. She's here. Good morning, Doc. How are you? I am very wonderful. I'm very wonderful. How how is everyone? Doing well, doing well. How about you? Glad that you glad, glad that you're here. Thank you I so am. much. All right, uh, listen, um, so, you know, we've always talked about black Republicans on this show, and so I'm not sure if you're familiar with the name. Jerome probably is. Mr. Elias is probably is. Well, most of you guys probably are. Uh, the name uh, Paris Chenard. Is it Chenard? Have you heard this guy, man, yeah. Chenard, Paris Chenard? Yeah. You know who this guy mm-hmm. is? He's a yep. he's a black Republican a operative who was sus- <laughs> yeah, he was sus- he was suspended by CNN for some comments that he made. But what I thought was interesting about this cat, he has been in Republican. He's been in the Republican world for about since since he was in high school. In fact, he gave a keynote speech during during one of during one of a, one of those major Republican events. And this guy has been out there, you know, tooting the Trump horn. And what I found out was from doing some research that the Republican Party finds young, prominent African-American men or African-Americans, period, uh, that they see see uh, are up-and-coming folks, and they recruit them, right, so they can be a part of carrying on the GOP message. So when it's time for the GOP to make laws and do things that's going to have a direct impact on African-Americans, Guess what they do? They push out these black folk. These cones. And so what they're trying to get us to say, okay, and, you know, these black folk are saying that, you know, it's good, so it can't be all that bad. And this is something that's trending. You know, when, when Trump met with the uh, spiritual leaders a few weeks back, and that one guy, I can't remember his name, but he says, oh, you know, Trump is the best thing that ever happened to African Americans. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Mr. Elias calls them coons. You know that's what they call them back in the day. Let me start. Let me let me start with you, Kathleen, on this last set. When you see people, first of all, do you have Republican, Black Republican friends? And if you do have Black Republican friends, how? What's the interaction between the two? Do you ever get the opportunity to ask these people what are they thinking about? Why are you voting Republican when you can see that everything that the GOP is all about is about suppressing you for for the most part? I mean, how are those conversations, if you do have black Republican friends, and if you don't have black Republican friends, why do you think black folk uh, support the Republican Party? You know, I was uh, scratching my head trying to figure out if I know any black Republicans. 
if wait, well, first, the, the, do I have any black Republican friends? If I do, they have not admitted to me that they are black Republican. <laughs> I wouldn't tell you either, because <laughs> you, know, like you, you can get a little violent. <laughs> <laughs> I do know someone. I do know someone who is actually in office right now as a Democrat, who was once okay. a black Republican but is no more. So I won't mention okay. that person's name. But um, as far as black Republican friends, again, I don't know if they are. They keep that secret from me. Um, and I don't know any, um, I don't, I did know a few black people that were identified Democrats who voted for the current Trump. administration. I did know, wow. excuse me? Yeah, I do know. I said, wow. This was, yeah, I'm sure we all do, right? We all know people who said uh, President Obama cannot win, so they voted against him then. And then afterwards, yeah. they were like, "Oh my God, Hillary Clinton, forget it." I mean, they went along with the "What if you have? What do you have to lose?" and voted for him, right? So, okay. So I know a few. I knew a few of those people. I no longer know them. Or know where they are. I think they may have buried themselves or relocated or something like that. I don't know. Um, but for black people, now what was the other category? What do I think about black people who support? Yeah, if, if, if you're yeah, if you're a Republican, how can you be a Republican person and Af- of African American descent when uh, when you know that this? Are you just that blind? Or is it a situation? Let me throw a twist in it because you know I watch a lot of. You know, political, you know, commentary, and, and, and so I, I watch this stuff 24 hours a day, which is that says a lot about me. But I, I see more and more black Republicans denouncing Trump uh, because of some of the things, you know, because of Charlottesville and and all those different things. Um, but it's almost as if the GOP, according to some of these African Americans, Kathleen, is that it's really two parties. You have the Grand Old Party, and then you have the Trump. The GOP of Trump So do we forgive folks Who are black folks Who are Republicans Because of the fact that maybe they believe And maybe they're conservative Maybe you know they're moderate Republicans You know But do we forgive them for being Republicans If they're not following Trump Well here's what I say I believe that we don't forgive them or we don't not forgive them, right? They're doing their lives, they're doing their thing. I think what we do is we focus on Uh the position that we are in right now and what we can do to make changes or what we can do to affect the platforms that we believe in and stop spending so much time focusing on what these other folks... Because there's always going to be somebody... There's always going to be the crazy... There's always going to be the people right. that are just not necessarily crazy, but don't believe as you do. They're all, and they're not going to stop working for what they believe just because you believe something else. So the point right. of focusing on them wastes your time and energy and and uh, uh, resources to be able to focus on focus on what it is that you believe. Stay focused. Look at your path, your direction, and move forward. I forget all the other ones that are going to be, you know, at you or supporting this clown. We already know this is a sick man. He's sick, and his administration yeah. is has a platform, one, which is white supremacy, two, which is get as rich as you can, as fast as you can, and three, leave the rest of it to your family. That's it. 
and leave your kids yep. in the world in gold. So there have been people like that for uh, as long as we live. You can turn on The Godfather or any other movie and see what we're living through. It just, people just can't believe it's true. I don't know why. This has been America. I mean, I don't really, you know, anyway, whatever. But, you know, look at what you look at and forget all these other clowns. If he did get, they get it, rid of this Denard guy, they'll find another one. They got Carson. We looked at him for forever. They'll find another one. And then you also have the... Um, the former Secretary of State. Um, come on, y'all, help me. Black female. Who? Former Secretary of You also have uh, General Colin Powell. You had all of these other black Republicans who were not nuts. <laughs> or, you know, whatever. They were not nuts. Right. And, and they're silent, right? So we could even say, well, what the heck is going on with them right now? Why aren't they? That's a good point. Because those were the the, those were Republicans that we had respect for. We didn't believe as they as as they believed, like um, John Senator McCain said about President Obama. But we didn't think that they were just full out certifiable crazy either. They were just on the other side. We didn't really care about it. Um, So you know, you you just have to like we need to do what we do and really do put a stop to this. Administration, really. Yeah, and, and you point. know what? You know, she, 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 and, she brought up a good point. In addition, in addition to the in addition to the Republicans, I am thinking that Tavis Smiley and Cornell West bus tour should start up pretty soon. So I haven't. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm waiting for that to roll out yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, right. Before I even before I even <laughs> throw out Condoleezza Rice or Colin Powell, I'm waiting for Tavis and Cornell West. Coming to your town soon. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, but it's interesting, you know, she brought up Colin Powell. And, you know, and this is something that, and it's a little bit off topic, but I want, but I want to bring it up definitely. here real quick. Yeah, uh, you know, <coughs> I'm sorry? No, I said you have somebody didn't know who she was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did I say? You said, interesting, she brought it up. She said, no, Kathleen, Kathleen. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Thank you so much for for bringing it for correcting me on that. Uh, but it's interesting that Kathleen brought up uh, Colin Powell, and, and this is something that uh, I want to touch on real quick. Sometimes, when when these people disappear from the public from public life, we we forget. You know, the last time we saw them, they were in their 70s, they were in their 60s, or whatever the case may be, and then we don't hear from them anymore. Then all of a sudden, it's like they died. It's like, oh, they died? You know, Colin Powell is 81 years old. And so, you know, I haven't seen him publicly. I'm not saying that he's not active, but it's interesting when you don't hear from people like him. You say, well, where are they at? And you're like, well, you know, God, they're old. You know, they're probably, you know, anyway. So, um, uh, so Ms. Elias, you haven't really commented on this. Um when we look at what black Republicans stand for, I always go back to the thing that was so funny is that we love the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but we all know that Uncle Phil was a Republican. And so, you know, those people voted Republican because they were voting for um, 
you know, their best interest financially and stuff. Uh, but I'm noticing a lot of people who were Republicans. You know, you look at Steve Smith, uh, the, uh, John McCain's former campaign manager. He's urging people to vote Democrat in the midterms. Uh, you know, James Comey, which, you know, he's the reason we, why we have this mess in the first place. He's urging people to vote Democratic. You know, one of the things that John McCain told uh, Joe Biden uh, when Joe when Vice President Biden visited him, he told him, no, you need to stay in politics and even consider making a presidential run. So is it a situation, Mr. Elias, where a lot of these people are saying, okay, uh, you know, we may be Republicans, but we're not members of this Republican Party. You know, Joe Scarborough, he denounced his Republican uh, affiliation earlier in the year. A lot of people are leaving the GOP because of the man that's currently at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. What say you? Well, that's true, but you know, the bottom line is, I, my, my 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 thought process is this: if you're poor and you're voting Republican, something's definitely wrong with you. They don't give a damn about you. All they all they're gonna do is look out for the rich, the very rich. But you got a lot of people out there who don't believe that. All you gotta do is look at their policies. Look at the tax bill they just passed, and and, and for Trump to sit there and say. That people would be poor if he left office. Hell, they're gonna be poor next year after everything takes place that he put in. So it doesn't make a difference, man. This cat is not for the for the for the for the for the poor people. So for for a coon like this to get out and say, well, you know, Trump is is, is this and Trump is that. I think about the two ladies who back him. These these two women, uh, African American women, they they can't find nothing wrong with what Trump has done. And I think that one of them named Diamond about? and something. Can't remember their names. You talking about they, the two that cool. uh, Amarosa caught on tape? Yeah. They're, they're, no, 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 not two, no. It's not. It's not them. It's, it's two of them that uh, these women they back Trump no matter what, and they, these are coons. That's what I call them, man. I'm gonna keep calling them coons because that's what they are. They're coons. But is that fair to call people coons, Jackie, yes. because yeah. they just don't believe? Yeah. Yeah. Is it fair, Jackie? Yeah. Uh, uh, man, I didn't know everybody's <laughs> name was Jackie. Yeah. Jackie, is it fair <laughs> yes. for people to be called yes. coons if they don't believe in uh, your, you know, believe in Democrat, democratic politics? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a Don't let, don't let Jerome and Mr. Tilly scare you. They beat me up all the time. <laughs> Coons. No. Yeah. But I, I just, me, because I don't see, frankly, the benefit for us in either of these parties, in any of these parties. Okay. Well, that's fair. I really do not. I, I just, <laughs> I, becoming whoa, 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 nonpartisan whoa, whoa. was said, one of whoa, the. Stop. Whoa, 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 let me, let me, whoa, stop, 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 stop. You said, because I said that's fair, but I realized what you just said. You're telling me that you uh, don't I, see I mean, any benefits for African-Americans from Democrats uh, or Republicans? Really? I just, I'm starting, because I'm saying that's what I, why I became nonpartisan. I really needed to ask myself, was, was any of these parties really helpful to us just in general as a whole. And I really need to I really needed to look at that. I was like, uh, not really. Because I just I I just don't 
I, I just look at one thing you can say, I know y'all ain't <laughs> like, I just feel like it's been too much of like kind of a selling out on the De- Democratic Party. They have been. You're you're one hundred percent right. They have been selling just, out. Like I, Kathleen it's been a sellout. I mean, it's like they talk to us like, "Oh, keep hope alive," and but you, 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 as long as your pocketbooks is getting lined, and then the rest yeah. of us are sitting around with egg on our face. Yeah, you're right. Cause I, Kathleen, I just Kathleen, felt, I just felt like it. that. I just. I mean, they, which which one of these parties is really looking out for our best interests? I don't believe none of them are. I'm telling you, that's why I became a nonpartisan. I I just I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna let y'all have this. <laughs> that's a bold statement. Uh, there ain't nothing in the law book saying that I can't be a nonpartisan. That I don't have to be with a party. Well, I mean. We get it, but well, but that's that's interesting that you that you say that. Um, even we had a, we just had a Democratic president, and wow, okay, and a lot of people you know. I'm, listen, I'm, I mean, just, D, I'm not uh, talking about I'm talking about the party, the party. Okay, I, yeah, Don't but, but the he people, represented the, the party. party. But but wait a minute, but, but hold on, let me finish because one of the things that you know I talk to a lot of African American folks. And, you know, and a lot of them, even though I don't, you know, I try, first of all, let me say this to you folks who send stuff in. Sometimes you send comments in from a show two weeks ago that you may have heard yesterday. So that's the reason why I don't bring it up during the live broadcast, because it's not relevant. Uh, Or, you know, like, I get a lot of comments. I can't read everything in that short period of time. I just try to take the ones that I think that are halfway decent. So don't accuse me of not reading anything that uh, that I don't agree with. But I, I did, you know, I do get a lot of messages from people saying that, uh, you know, from African Americans saying that President Obama didn't do enough for us, and, and so. But we've had those discussions before. But but let me let me, let me ask you, Doctor Prince, the, you know, Jackie said that. Uh, that basically both parties really hasn't done anything for us. Do you agree with that assessment? I can't say that I do. Um, I don't. Be- no, I don't believe that at all. Um, I believe that um, although President Barack Obama's um, focus was all people. And, and, you know, there are a lot of black people that say that he didn't do anything. And he did. He did a lot. I, I actually was thinking, was talking to, talking to someone just a couple of days ago, and I mentioned that we've talked about this on the show before in terms of his accomplishments. And I believe it was Jerome that gave him a website where you can get it from. And even I had one at that time, but I couldn't recall it. But um, that information is out there in terms of what President Barack Obama had intended to do and what he did. In fact, his results were higher than any other president in in the U.S. history. So I, I think that um, people are not giving credit to President Barack Obama um, for what he's done when they make that statement that they that the Democratic Party. Well, as I'm saying that, I'm going to say this. President Barack Obama, although a part of the Democratic Party, did not represent, I don't believe, he, he went further in his representation of of um, helping people, I don't, you know, and even black people 
helping people, period, of the United States who are citizens of the United States. He still, um, I don't, everybody is not like him. But so that's why I think it's very important, regardless of which party that you're voting for, that you vote, you understand the person and what that person is bringing to the table as a candidate, um, as opposed to just going with one party or another. Although the, the track record of the Republican Party hasn't been so favorable, um, I still think that it's important to be to have that option and to give yourself that option to vote for who who is for the people and based on on their resume rather than party. Because I've I've actually voted both parties, you know. So it just depends on on the individual and and how they want to contribute yeah. and where they want to stand. All right. Well, as we wrap this uh, up and prepare for uh, chatterbox and on a need to know basis, um, you know, I, can we, Mr. Elias, you call them coons? I think there's this. I think uh, I can agree with that statement to a, to a, to a certain point. Uh, without name calling them, but you know the bottom line is I think that's a term that was used back in the day when you had these jokers that were doing things like that. Jerome, it sounded like you wanted to make a, a final. Yeah, I was gonna here. say I think you, I think you left me out there, Jay. So oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you left me out of the segment. So I know I, I butted oh, in. So sorry. Go ahead. I might have taken up my time. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, okay. So I, I was just gonna say that. I, even in the conversation about parties, understand this. Yeah. You have a party, but, okay, white supremacy is just what white supremacy is. So we know it, it, right. it filters on both parties. But one party is, 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 like, obviously the home of white supremacy. And you can't support them, right? Because even though if you think you're supporting a policy of, like, taxes or whatever business, you're also solidifying your social injustice inside of that, like prison reform or or things like school funding. You're killing yourself with, just because you're saying you want a better business climate. The, the Democrats, on the other hand, are complicit in the, in the fact that they are neutral, which actually helps white supremacy as well. Mm-hmm. So we can't opt out of the process by saying we don't like I, I'm independent, but I don't say that as a weapon against either one of the parties. I say that to say that we, if I want to run for office, I know how to get signatures and get on the ballot of the Democratic Party, but I would never do that for the Republican Party. So you can choose a party and understand what your values are and inject them into a party. But there is one that is clearly, clearly hostile towards you. And we can't play them both like they're both equal. They're both are not equal. We need to face that. And it's like talking about the um, about Trump. Because we can criticize anybody we want to. But Trump is calling the Republicans that are investigating him Democrats because they demonize Democrats on the Republican side. Those dudes are all Republicans. So they're yep, fighting over there. We're, we're fighting because when something becomes neutral, the racist Democrats actually rise to the top. So then they hold down status quo for the other <laughs> folks over there. So we cannot not get involved 
because the same thing just keeps pendulum swinging from one side to the other. So when you watch people like Joe Scarborough say things like, I'm not a re Republican anymore, I'm thinking about going to the Democratic side, people need to stand up and be like, no, you need to bounce. John, John McCain did that, um, I want to say it was, it was in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. He thought when, when George H.W. Bush, when they started that, he got a black child thing, he thought about going to the Democratic Party. Yes, he Democrats did. Too, Democrats are too accepting of, of semi-racist white folks to say they kind of okay, and the Democrats do that over there. So just stand firm, man. Both of those parties are not the same. That's a good point that's you bring up, man, the fact that uh, – no, no, that's a great point you bring up because I was on the side of, okay, you know, look, if you're a black Republican, if you know, we tell people to vote for the interests of their pocketbooks, that's in the best interest of your pocketbooks, that's one thing. But the fact that when you bring up the point that you do have a party that supports, you know, white supremacy to a certain degree, the alt-right, all these people are on that side of the fence. So you know, you know, this is a good discussion. We'll we'll, we'll definitely bring this up again because I, I I can see there's a there are a lot of ways we can go in this conversation, but I don't want to, uh, you know, we need to stay on time. Sorry. Coming up next uh, will be Chatterbox. Uh, some interesting comments uh, in the Chatterbox. Uh, in <laughs> I got I pulled some good ones down this morning. Plus I'll read what uh, Johnny D is saying about this particular topic, and we'll get into. Uh, on a need-to-know basis with my man and yours, Mr. Jerome Street. All right, let's take a real quick time out for a news update. We'll be back on the other side. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show. A storm that's been dumping heavy rain in Hawaii is drifting away from the island chain. Tropical Storm Lane was once a major hurricane. Hawaii was spared a direct hit, but torrential rain unleashed severe flooding and mudslides on Hawaii's big island. Floodwater was waist high in Hilo, the island's main town. A funeral is scheduled this afternoon for an Iowa woman who was kidnapped and later found dead in her hometown. Iowa Public Radio's Kate Payne reports the death of Molly Tibbet shocked her community and reignited the national debate over immigration policy. Mourners will honor Molly Tibbetts during a Mass of the Resurrection at the high school gym in her hometown of Brooklyn, Iowa. Investigators believe the 20-year-old college student was killed while taking a jog. 24-year-old Christian Rivera faces a first-degree murder charge in her death after leading officers to her body hidden in a cornfield. Federal officials believe Rivera is in the U.S. illegally, and President Trump quickly seized on the killing as further cause for stricter border enforcement. At a prayer vigil at her family's church, Father Corey Close urged his congregation to forgive Tibbetts' killer. Later, he said that process may take years or a lifetime. For NPR News, I'm Kate Payne in Iowa City. No illnesses have been reported, but more than 25,000 pounds of ground beef being recalled by a company based in Colorado. The Agriculture Department says Cargill Meat Solutions is recalling the meat with a September 5th expiration date because it could be contaminated with E. coli. The department says the ground beef was shipped to warehouses in California and Colorado. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. It is time for Chatterbox Final Thoughts from the world famous chat room and from social media. And my main man, Mr. LES, man, do we have any comments in the chat room? Yes, yeah, St. Clemson. Yes, yeah, St. Clemson from um, 
Sarah Palin's Twitter page, John McCain was my friend. I remember good times my family and I sent prayers for Cindy and the McCain family. Uh, today we lost an uh, American original. Since John McCain was a maverick and a fighter, never afraid to stand for his beliefs. John never took an easy path in life, and through sacrifice and suffering, he inspired others to serve something greater than himself. Oh, okay. So the Paler family Wait did uh, respond. Okay, interesting. All right. And she, All right. Quite and she, she uh-huh. also said. She also said. I just want to cop that off. She also said he was surrounded by a bunch of traitors in his campaign. Don't forget how negative she is. That's what she said in her statement. Did she say that? Wow. She said she he was surrounded by people who were disloyal to him. She didn't even know him. Yeah. But she called all of his, everybody outside of his family disloyal and dishonest in the same tweet. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, that's, 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 uh, she's, uh, you know, she's, she's, and if you, and if you ever, and if you ever yeah. saw that, um, that, uh, HBO special, uh, you can yeah. tell why she, you know, she's just a petty person. All right. So, uh, uh, Johnny D said, unfortunately, blacks living in America continue to reduce to be reduced to our groups of associations and general expectations of what we should be. We must learn that diversity of our people should be embraced and not criticized. Just because you vote as a Republican doesn't mean you're a sellout. However, the political platform can however the political platform can and most obviously should be why you receive condemnation from your affiliate of your affiliation with the party. As a people we really need to cast our political proudness as independents, the loyalty to the straight Democratic ticket has to stop as well. When we become educated about our candidates, we no longer have to be patronized by the Paris Denards and Cory Bookers of the world. Personally, I admire the accomplishments of Colin Powell, Clarence Thomas, and Condoleezza Rice. Okay. Let me read something. Boy, I got some comments in here that uh, are. Uh, woo. All right, let me read them because I, you know, I'm going to do it. All right. First of all, let me read from the pastor. The pastor says, "Jay, I actually reached out to you on IM, and you did, Pastor. Thank you so much. But I want to say publicly that it has been an extreme honor to be mentioned on one of the best radio shows in the world. Period. Congratulations on nine years. You and the crew continue to fill the much needed voice." Much needed void of information in the African American community. Thank you so much, Pastor. You are the man. Bachelor from Queens says, and this is the guy who said that Joe Biden was going to run and run and win the presidency. Okay, I guess that's a swipe at uh, Jerome. But here's one from someone that Jerome loves. Aren't you friends with Jay King? Well, aren't you friends with Jay King of Club Nouveau? Hashtag jealousy remix. Hashtag don't hate the player, hate the game. Oh, okay, Marietta, you trying to clown somebody. Okay, <laughs> now for the real reason of my message, Jay. Who made that song you played in the second set? Well, you know what, Marietta? Ask Jerome. I'm not telling you don't nothing. Hate. Don't hate. How about That's that? So How about that, you, Marietta? Aren't you friends with Jay King of Club Nouveau? You little ooh. Okay, I'll deal with you later. All right, Kevin. Yeah, yeah she's dealing with rumors that you start. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of songs oh, Jay King made for you. See? See, there it is. I'm trying there to help you out, Jay. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Jerome. I appreciate it. Okay. All right, Kevin from Phoenix. As a Republican, I appreciate your warm words and thoughts on John McCain. What is despicable is that the guy hasn't been there for 24 hours, and trolls of Donald Trump are saying 
um, are saying mm-hmm. horrible things about him. Get rid, get rid. No, I'm sorry. It says trolls of Donald Trump are saying get rid, rid it to him. What a shame. Deplorable. I agree with you on that. And uh, oh, here's one from Thomas from Portland, Oregon. Oregon. Congratulations for ten years of spreading your. What does it say? Ten years of your liberal. What is it saying? Congratulations for ten years of you spreading your liberal bias to the American people. Well, thank you, Thomas. It hasn't been ten years; it's been nine. But I appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, really don't have to count, Clown. And on that note, Jesus Christ. All right, folks, you know what time it is. It's time for my man, and it's time for my favorite part of the show, uh, the one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit. On a need-to-know basis starts right now. Mr. Jerome, what do you have for us this morning? Yes, sir. And you know what? I want to shout out to Jay's favorite segment on the need to know basis created by Mariana Music. So thank you, Mariana. Oh, Oh, my God. You're pathetic just like she is. You two are two birds of a feather. What are you talking about? All right. So (laughs) Pope Francis this week said that we showed no care for little ones. As he broke his silence about condemning the priest's sexual abuse and cover-up. You know, that's that misconduct of the Catholic Church in Pennsylvania. So he said he he did come out and say something. And then he said that he begs for for God's forgiveness for the open wound of the church abuse while he was in Ireland. And he calls for a firm and decisive actions to secure truth and justice. Give me the Pope. But can yep. he, can't he do that? <laughs> I'm just yeah, trying. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's kind of funny for me. He, he's telling everybody else, we need, we need leadership. That's what the Pope said. <laughs> All right. So, a former Vatican representative uh, says that um, Pope Francis knew about the sexual abuse allegations against Archbishop um, Theodore McCarrick, and he's calling on the Pope to resign. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is, look, like I said, if one school district had two people in it that abuse children, they will shut the whole school district down. You're right. So you're talking, you're talking you're to right. Catholic Church. Catholic, this Catholic school system is the biggest school district in the world, in every country. And they're not saying jack or none of them. So the 300 priests were just in Pennsylvania. <laughs> you know, yeah, thousands of people and you, sexually assaulted. And Jerome, you heard the news report. I don't think you were here in the beginning that, you know, now there's a priest that's calling for the Pope to step down because they said he knew about all this prior. Uh, so, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, I, I think they I think they all kind of knew about it, and they just kind of keep keep it moving. Which, which you know, don't mean to offend my Catholic folks, because I have a lot of family that are Catholic, but I am saying to you that you would not go to, um, you wouldn't go to a grocery store that had any kind of sex offenders in it. So you can't have your children counseled by people that has a systemic problem with that. They need to clean that place up. Matter of fact, I would not go, but that's just me. 
You can. There's a lot of tricks to go you're right about that, Jerome. But Jerome, I have a special request, um, and I'm going to ask yes, your sir. permission before we do this. Um, Faye Clinton, which is a part of the Big Three, which really now is the Big Two, said he wanted to ask you a question during this segment of the show. So, sir, do you want to allow St. Clinton to ask you this question? It's entirely up to you. Are, are you setting me up? Because I just need to no, ask me. I, I don't know what he's going to ask you. That's all right, right? Yes, yes, sir. St. Clinton is always welcome. And where's Kathleen? I'll hear her. She should be out there, too. But, yeah. Okay. Our St. Clinton. Our guy. You're on the air. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Doing great. That's good. With what was your, with what I put into the chatterbox by Sarah Palin, you had come back with something saying she had said something else in that tweet. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at her Twitter. Right now, mm-hmm. I don't see what she what you said she had said. Yes, well, where did that come there from? There was a it's it, it's being reported by the Daily Mail, and they were talking about um, her sc- exclusive interview, and she said she'll remember the good times for damn sure. He will be remembered as an American hero, but he was surrounded by disloyal people who didn't serve him well. Yeah, that's where it came well, from. Saying, well, saying that that was in her tweet was wrong. Yeah, they they said they were quoting her Twitter. And, people. Well, okay, but here's what happened. They said that this, um, they wrote what happened in her Twitter, and it was also in the same article, and they quoted her. So, yeah, you're right. She didn't put it in her Twitter. When they reported it, they reported it after they said her Twitter, and then they gave the quote for this. And I realized that after the fact that it's in the same story. So if you want to go look it up, it's an exclusive um, interview Jerome, Jerome, for Sarah. Hold, yes. hold on. No, no, no. I know. I'm, no, no, I got this. Guy, no, but, no, no, no. Go ahead. Let me jump in for a second. Let the attorney step in for a second. Since we're fact-checking, Mr. Yes. Esprit didn't say that it was in her, her Twitter. He said the rest of that quote was. So right. Because so the rest of the quote was trying, in the article. You know, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. If I had so, that it was in Twitter, I was saying the rest of her yeah. quote while she was honoring the family was this. Yeah, what I, what I said up there was, was directly from her Twitter. Okay, well, thank you. I mean, I can't say anything to that because we got right. other stuff. Right. I mean, that, that's just thing like we're arguing kidding. for nothing. So yeah, but thank, appreciate you for bringing that up. Yeah. What happened? All right, go ahead, Jerome. Yeah, so white farmers tried to offload their land in South Africa before it was seized by the government. So they tried to start selling their land because they knew it was going to get taken. <laughs> no, they still got t- taken. That was wow. a nice try that they tried to do that. All right, now a new study by Economist said that it was cheap and um, accessible guns and not crack that drove the epidemic of murder and um, violence in the 90s. So they're saying the influx of cheap handguns led to the murder boom in the 90s, not crack. You know what? We should have figured that out because guns were everywhere. People just, you know, it was a part of the Reagan plan of, hey, blood with cracks and guns and the Iran-Contra stuff. Move the guns over here, move some money over here, and get some crack over here. So that makes perfect sense. Now... Um, Dr. Michael Holick's enthusiasm for vitamin D 
can be fairly described as extreme. So the Boston University doctor who performed more than, uh, or who perhaps more than anyone else, is responsible for creating a billion-dollar vitamin D sales and testing um, juggernaut is what they're calling it. He said that um, they're, they're saying that he's getting people to do unfair vitamin D testing when they don't need it. So he helped push sales of those supplements to $936 million in 2017. That's ninefold increase from a previous decade. So, yeah. So just because that, he actually worked for the drug makers, so they actually pay him uh, a ton of money, and doctors ordered more than $10 million of testing from Medicare patients in 2016. That's up 500% since 2007, at a cost of $365 million. This is coming from the Kaiser Health News investigation. So we need vitamin D. You should get it checked. But, hey, you can get vitamin D from a lot of sources. Um, those tests are not always necessary, but you need to get them checked. All right. Now, AAA has a study that its ride-sharing services cost twice as much yearly as owning a vehicle. Now, <laughs> this is an amazing. Yeah. They, they found that when you go, like, Uber, Lyft, and all of those guys, as a, as, as a primary mode of transportation, it works out to be far more expensive than owning a car even with fuel, insurance, and parking considered. Wow. Yeah. Damn. How much are you riding <laughs> these things? <laughs> People are riding in it like, you know, I don't know. I mean, they're taking Ubers and stuff where they wouldn't take cat taxis. And they're take, going to Lyft and all these ride-sharing services, so they think they're just saving money. But it's almost like, um, you know, when you buy your to- toilet paper by the roll. <laughs> I, like I, just, I just pay two dollars a roll. I'm just joking. I don't know why. I don't know why that popped in my head. My bad to to Jay's listeners. Don't write Jay. <laughs> All right. Uh, more than two million T-Mobile customers were hit by a data breach exposing names, billing addresses, and phone numbers to hackers. So T-Mobile has, you know, reported that they have suffered a data breach. So you're you're on T-Mobile. They're saying. Um, U.S. names and addresses were exposed, but no payment data. People are just going to start showing up at your house. But they don't they don't have your credit card information. <laughs> That's what wow. they say. All right. Jamel Hill is out at ESPN. I know Kathleen is going to fall out on this one. We, I, in LES, you know, we talked about Jamel Hill and what she said, you know, about Trump and all this other stuff. Trump, yeah. yeah, but they bought out her $2.5 million contract and they said that it was an amicable departure. Really? Yeah, really? Mel Hill is gone from ESPN. Uh, like man. gone, gone, no blog, no nothing, just gone? No nothing. Yeah, just gone. They just bought her out. Wow. They tried to ease, ease in before the football season started. People started kneeling. <laughs> they didn't watch the Mel Hill there. Wow. I know where this is going. Yeah, yeah. The world of $2.5 million. So hopefully she's probably going to Fox or somebody else. Mm-hmm. Fox Sports. Or... Well, you know, they, yeah. would, they sent Chris 
starred over the phone, and now he's doing like a podcast or something. You know, you can't even, yeah. he's not even on the air with, um, so I don't know what's going yeah. on over at ESPN, but we need to look into that. Yeah, Fox, they get to say whatever they want to say whenever they want to say it. And somebody's yeah, big side one is Trump. Yeah. Well, they got a million viewers. They they got millions of people that view Fox. I'm telling you. No, he's not. He's talking about Fox News more than Fox Sports, Kathleen. Yeah. So Fox, but you know how they can be conservative and crazy all they want, and they never get fired. If you right. are a liberal station and you say one thing, it's like the guy who wrote in, Jason even read it. It's like the guy who goes celebrating your liberal bias. That came from Fox. We yeah. know what he watches. Yeah. So we shouldn't even be doing propaganda over here. Because that's crazy. So, anyway. Yeah, that, that's... They can say whatever they want, but we get regulated if we hurt somebody's feelings. Wow. About, anyway, in the, word, wow. in the words of Parliament. All right, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> So, um, Sony denies admitting that three songs on Michael Jackson's first um, posthumous uh, album um, were sung by an impersonator. They said that no one has conceded that Michael Jackson didn't sing the songs, is what Sony said in a statement on Friday. But the album was met with criticism from a group of diehard fans, including his mother, Catherine Jackson, who claimed that some of the tracks featuring vocals were not Michael's. Now, it was reported earlier this week that Sony Music Entertainment had conceded in court that there was some truth to their um, suspicion and said that the songs had been provided in good, good faith. Mm. You know you know what this reminds me of? The fact that we're going to have new Prince music by Justin Timberlake. And they're going to be like, no, Justin wrote this when they stole that music out of the vault. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he... He was funky as he wanted to be. He and Neil Sadaka. I know. I'm just saying. Wow. All right. Yeah. Okay, so it, it I, seems I, kind I'm, I want to make a proposal that we retire that guy's name with the other guy. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm with you. I, okay, I'm thanks. with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna retire that sucker. If I can go back in the old, I'm gonna get you stuck a turn. Don't retire him. All right. Now, um, the former a former Texas doctor who raped a heavily sedated patient in the hospital gets no jail time following a recommendation from the jury. Now he was convicted wow. of raping a patient. Uh, in 2013, he was sentenced to 10 years probation, but has to register as a sex offender. Mm. Yeah. So he raped he somebody that was under sedated. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I should be playing black and white, because we know if you get um, the Catholic Church and not even being prosecuted, they're not closing out no church. We can play black and white on that one, too. If it was a black yeah. church... Everybody in the congregation will be put in jail. How can you ain't tell nobody? Really? <laughs> they, they be blaming the parents. You know, your child got abused, but you ain't say nothing. They be blaming yeah, everybody. Really. You know how this goes. Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We have time so, for two more, Jerome. You know, two more. Two more? I, I, can, I can keep going. I ain't doing no Trump stuff. But anyway, all right, so, so Trump, no, I'm just joking. Errol Smith said that living on the, living on the edge uh, at the recent rallies 
um, they called yeah. for them to stop playing their music at their rallies. Uh, ex yeah, Trump doorman, yeah, an ex Trump doorman who released uh, more documents related to his thirty thousand dollars of hush money um, that he was paid from the acquirer. He broke his silence again, and he talked about Trump's illegitimate kid with a housekeeper. He's now talking because now they're going to get all those documents from the inquirer guy. Might as well. So yeah. it's, it, it's about to get a little interesting on that side. And yeah, he's, since he's I only capitalizing. Have, yeah, he really is. So since I only have one more, I just want to say this in, in pet news because, you know, just kind of in our culture of loving your pet too much. Um, so Cassandra Klein, 45, was trying to protect her dog when a, when it, she was attacked and pulled into a lagoon at Hilton Head yep. by an alligator. A yep. golfer was watching, called 911. He told the operator, a lady is being attacked by an alligator and is dragged into the water. She's in the water now, and at the end of the call, he said, I mean, what can I do, jump in the water? I don't know. The alligator was nine feet long. Oh. The 911, now... This is not accurate, but the 911 operator from my imagination said, hey, do what you want to do. <laughs> that's, my, that's why I don't work 911. Don't call me, ask me about finish no alligators and what you should do. What's that? Yeah, but finish the story. The dog was fine at the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> and she died, unfortunately. She did save the dog. Yeah, yeah she yeah. saved the dog. Yeah. So, she's a, she's a dog hero. Yeah, God bless <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know where well, the dog wall, wall of fame is, but the dog hall of fame, but she saved them. Yeah, she did. I'm a pet owner too, so I can, you know, even though people may laugh at it, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, in All some right. cases, your pets are your family. So, I mean, hey, I understand. Okay. But I'm not jumping in no, right. I'm not jumping into no whatchamacallit. That's for sure. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But just like that congressman who was indicted when he threw his wife under the bus saying, I ain't spend no money, you can do that to your dog. <laughs> if you don't do that to your wife, do it to your dog. No, I shouldn't say that. That's just mean. Don't do it to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for all the women who are listening. Your I don't believe that. Your oh, people Lord, are. Fine. Thank you so much. You should have stopped me after the last story, Jay. That's your fault. <laughs> yeah, I should have. Yeah, you got mine. And on that note, I'm going to have one more. Jay, you can't let him end on that one. You know, I listen, we got to go out on a different one because we got to erase that from the, the mind. Well, you know, maybe he could give one doing his final thoughts. How about that? So, well, okay. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give one and it's like a Kathleen for my final thoughts. My bad. Okay. There you go. It's time for our final thoughts, and ladies are first around here. So, uh, of course, Miss Kathleen Williams, final thoughts. I was going to yield my time to, to Rome, but this is just too important for me. <laughs> you know, I just want to, okay, so my, my last, well, my final thoughts are, when we are, when we watch a Fox News, um, uh, I don't know, uh, Hannity and all these other things, I don't even believe that any of us liberal write in, call in, or try to correct them on the madness that they say over there. But when we're, when we're doing the liberal show and any other liberal show, we have our own audience calling in trying to shut down the wisdom that we're offering to the world on this side. Disagree as you might. 
But as far as trying to check somebody here on something that they're trying to offer as an addition to the truth that you're sharing, I think it's just unreasonable and unfair. First of all, none of us over here are paid. All of us over here are professional, and we're all here just to share what we know that may not have gotten out to the wider community because it's so hidden from us. And because many of us don't have the time or the uh, maybe sometimes the resources, but primarily the time to do all of this research and bring this information up so we can hear the, the, the bulk of it, the, the massive information that is hidden from particularly black and brown people in the world, that's why we're here. So I, the, the challenge is if you want to write them in, fine, whatever, but please, I, I just and I'm not suggesting that you and or anybody one person or another doesn't respect the um, the wisdom and the many many years of study and professional experience and degrees and everything else that's represented here on the serious side. But what I am saying is, you know, I think that there has to be an up level of that. And if you're going to do it here, then call Hannity, call Fox News, and call all of them too. So I just wanted to say that because I, I really felt strongly about uh, about making sure that that's heard. It's not just today. It's often. And I just wanted to put that out there. Well, what a way to uh, – that's beautiful. Thank you so much. And for the live listening audience, I know you guys are probably gone by now. If you're not, yeah, you are gone. We're in overdrive. So what a good message to hear for the people who were live. That's okay because most – 95% of the people who listen to this show hear it when they want, so they, they get the final thoughts. So thank you so much, Kathleen, for saying that. And, uh, you know, just God bless you. Dr. Prince, do your final thoughts. Well, I just want to say great show today, and um, I also um, just want to inspire everyone to stay focused on your own vision and, and your life's true purpose. No one, no one will live, or no one lives your life but you. You came here alone, and you will leave here alone. Make it the best that you can make. I want to have everyone to, if you are in the Detroit area, there's a job fair that's going to be a Northwest Activities Center. It's a job fair and networking luncheon. One of our clients, Perspectives for Life, um, will be providing resources, job resources, education, workshops, and also doing interviews on site for those who are in the Detroit area. You live there, work there, and we are, and they're bringing the resources. The employers are bringing the resources. So Northwest Activity Center, 11 to 4 p.m. on October 18th, and you can call 313-652-0303 for more information to register. Thank you so much for that. And remember your vision board, transformation. It is so for every last one of you, but it's up to you to paint the picture Feel it, see it, be it, and watch it come to pass for you. Have a great week. All right. Well said. Mr. Jerome is free, man. Final thoughts. Yep, I'm glad we're in overtime because I want to um, kind of acknowledge Kathleen Williams on um, kind of on what she just said. Kathleen, I wasn't going to ignore it, 
But um, I will never let Jay do that again during the segment. If he ever asks me to interrupt me, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> but, but I can cite sources. And you have to remember, when we're doing a show, we do sometimes have to paraphrase um, just because it's long-winded to tell stories, right? So Sarah Palin said, yes, he was surrounded by disloyal people who didn't serve him well. Some of the not nice people was around him. Unfortunately, he had he was surrounded by some not nice people during his run for office. So we're not cleaning up Sarah Palin on this show because John McCain passed, because we know that she still disrespected him, although she was actually nice to his person. So I was making a point of that, and we need to be careful. If you want to send Jane letters and notes and emails and all that stuff, that's fine. I'll address anything that you want me to address if you feel some kind of way about it. But don't ever doubt that my words, when I tell you it came from somebody, even if I read them wrong, they're coming from that person. So I'm not telling you to trust me. I'm telling you, hey, I don't care one way or another. So to Kathleen's point... Um, good for pointing out, but I don't really like that either, generally, but I have much respect for St. Clinton and, and a lot of other people, you know, um, Mariana Music and uh, the Big Three. I, I, have, I have respect for a lot of people who call into the show who's been here for a long period of time, but I am not encouraging that at all because that was not a slam against you personally. We were talking about Sarah Palin. And just for her... Um, for her cleanup of her last story, I'll give you another dog story. Some woman was forced, had been forced to undergo surgery after a dog she was patting, like she was patting somebody's dog in a Colorado restaurant, jumped up and bit her in her face. Stop petting people dogs that are not yours and leave them alone. <laughs> so public, That's thank you for the PSA, Jerome. Thank you so much. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. Amen. Man, to get the first and last word here to share side, the one and only Mr. Elias, man, final thoughts. Look, get out and vote, folks. That's all I got to say. Just get out and vote. All right, final Amen. thoughts from our final thoughts from my resident texter, Johnny D. He says, to the Trump regime, people with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. Proverbs 10.6. There's nothing hidden that would not be disclosed. Most often, confessions and repentance is the best path. By getting caught may be the next, but getting caught may be next best, may be the next best thing, I'm sorry. When you are caught, take advantage and make it right. Great show. May God bless and continue to have grace and mercy on all. Thank you so much, Johnny D. Well said. You know, the thing is, is that, um, Ladies, there are African-American men that want to be fathers to their to their kids. There are African-American men who want to be a part of their child's lives. And there are some women out there that will not and do not allow it, but yet and still they badmouth and talk about the men. Now, I know that there are a lot of brothers in our community are deadbeat dads. I'm 54 years old. I've seen my father twice, the last time at the age of seven. The last time I spoke to him was 12 years ago, and before that it was 37 years ago. When you look up the definition of a dad be dead, you will see a picture of my father, Leonard Irish, in the dictionary. This is a man who convinced my mother not to pay child support through the state because paying it through the state courthouse would ensure that he would have to pay my mother for me until the age of 18. He convinced her with his tricks and his deceitfulness to get it out of the courthouse. He paid her for six months, and then he walked away and never gave her another dime. 
My mother never bad-mouthed this man. She never said anything derogatory about him, and she never told me to hate him, and I don't hate him. But my point is, with all of this, is one thing. There are men that want to be a part of their kids' lives, and as a father, I can't imagine not knowing where my children are. So for you fathers out there who are doing the right thing by your kids, I salute you. God bless you. And continue to try to make it happen. And for you fathers who are out there who are not doing the right thing by your kids, shame on you. And I hope that they denounce you and never, ever want you to be a part of their lives. And on that note, Mr. LES, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rowell Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you, as always. And we ask that you continue to pray for the family of Senator John McCain. So, for Kathleen Williams, for Miss uh, Vanessa Mae Bell, from, uh, uh, oh my God, Rich Sister. Everybody else. Uh, Prince Lodia, everybody else. Jerome, Miss Elliot, I'm Jerry Rouse, have a great day. Johnny D. And remember, this Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. We'll see you next week, folks. God bless. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network.